Welcome along to episode 13 of Craggy Island Rugby. I think it's 13. I get it wrong most weeks. Uh, you are listening to a preview of the Leinster match and a review of what happened last night. It is a Sunday. We're in the Huntsman here, not far from the sports ground. I've just come down from watching the Senior Cup final, which Buccaneers won. And I have my usual crew here, William Davies. You're very welcome along. Thank you very much, Rob. Good afternoon. Alan Deegan, Christmas party, recovery. Where are you on that stage? Yeah that far into it clearly and Dave Finn's here as well uh, good afternoon everyone and uh, merry seasons whichever you believe in happy rugby season mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. or yeah maybe we just say happy holidays just to be careful oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in that crap anyways moving on we got like let's just start we're better to start William than last night like that was that was 15 changes the last time I remember Connick making that amount of changes and I think you know where I'm going with this London Irish in Reading I don't know did they score 80 points on us or 90 points on us they definitely scored about 12 or 14 tries on us different times these days in Connacht yeah completely different times Um, I watched the game on a feed so it was slightly odd to watch it on a small little tiny screen it was stopping and starting a bit but uh, I didn't see that coming. I actually thought they wouldn't be able to, to get a result there. Uh, they started very brightly, got themselves into bother, got themselves into bother straight after half time, having got back into the game. And then, bang on 60 minutes, the French started to wheeze and puff and look absolutely exhausted and very disinterested. And we then upped our game considerably, played good tight pattern, didn't panic won the game uh, nearly blew it at the end <laughs> I don't know what was going on there um, Nakora didn't make touch and they they probably should have scored a try got a penalty which they thankfully missed um, still not particularly enamoured with the competition but it's just symptomatic of how well we're playing it's all about look a win winning's a great habit and you just accept it take it move on some of the young lads played well particularly uh, Young Blade at Scrum Half, who I thought had a good game. Uh, Dara Leader floated in and out a bit, but when he was on the ball, he was doing really well. I missed the first half, but um, I saw the highlights of the first half, and my God, Dara Leader's uh, assist to that try, like the spin, the break, and then that pass. Indeed. I mean, it's fabulous. I mean, he'd ha- I'm with William. He had a bit of a cure attack of yeah. the first half because he, he has to take a certain amount of responsibility for the second try because he died over the ball. But you can see the difference that he's gone into the national camp. Now, I know he's some way off the national team, but it's definitely conf- his confidence is high. It's a wonderful break in the 22. But I, I've liked Blade. I've also Blade's big issue is that he is tiny. He reminds me, I mean, before him we had Marcus Walsh, another lovely, lovely little scrum half, darting, floating, doing little things, but absolute minuscule in terms of international rugby. Blade has something extra. He's not huge. He's not... He's, he's in some way off disposing Kieran from starting. But you now know that you have a good second scrum half. And I think one of the lads on Twitter was saying he now has to worry about the fact that, we, that somebody might poach our second scrum half. We have guys coming through. I was at the sports ground for the Eagles game. I was worried about halfway through that game. I was worried, well, this team is, is shown of five guys who've gone over to beyond. I was worried that we didn't have enough players to justify two teams because I was looking at our third 15. We do have a team players who can justify 15 because they did step up first start for Connor Finn can't believe it's the first start for Danny Qualter first start for James Connolly who hasn't he's been good but he hasn't stood out in any of the games that he's played for the Eagles it was fabulous and more importantly it's back to the thing we've been saying 
Tam. We're nine point. We're eight points down going into the last. 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, and we get 10. And yeah, we, typical Connacht, we managed to, we, we decided to do brinksmanship again, and we're relying on a miss kicked. But there's a calmness. Nobody panicked, and especially you think with guys starting and trying to put their hands up and say, maybe I don't want to, I want to be in the squad for Leinster, I want to be in the squad for the Interbros. Nobody panicked. And Pat now has a wonderful position to be in, is he now has maybe 28, 29 guys he can pick from. This is fabulous. Yeah, well, there's loads of things to pick up there. Maybe the Blade point in a second, because we might spend a couple of minutes on, on Keenan Blade, and just as an example of one of the guys coming to your academy, locally developed as well. But uh, the calmness, maybe the last 10 minutes was really impressive, Alan. Maybe to start with that, just the way, you know, one of the things me and you talked about last night on the phone is just the way the team looked like they were just stepping into a system and a process. Yeah, it's certainly something that, you know, it's not just happened overnight. This is this is something Pat Lamb's been building for the last 18 months from, from the very start, from the moment he, he came in and started bringing all the academy guys into the full training sessions. And so those guys are there in the full training sessions all the time. You have a situation where you've got a, a 100-cap ball black turning around to these guys saying, you're as talented as any guys I've been playing with down in the Southern Hemisphere. He did make a point that, we probably spend too much time on weightlifting and not quite enough time on skills, but you can see that's changed. And I think Dave Ellis has made a big, big difference in there as well. Skills because were that clear, was clearly on show in those closing stages, offloads and the tackle. But even even Dara's pass, like that's off his left hand, you know, going against the grain off his left oh, hand, yeah. about 12, 15 yards of a pass, and perfect pass. Like Caelan didn't have to. to to break stride in order to get it so you're looking at an awful lot of good stuff going on that's been building over time William, yeah because we're not saying Dara had a perfect game he didn't he made, made plenty of errors as well but there was a couple of times when he lifted his head and went on the inside shoulder at a guy and exactly what Dave was talking about there it was like I, like we saw with Robbie last year when he came back from Ireland training camp there was an noticeable change almost immediately a sharpness and a belief in their own ability and the lack of panic I've been watching Connacht for a long, long time. There was always a feeling with Connacht that they were either they either played really well or really badly. There was no in-between performances. They turned it on some days and it was wonderful. And then other days it was a complete shambles and that could be from week to week. Now they seem to be able to play at, not a, at a level where they are almost playing a little bit, not say they're playing within themselves, but they're, they have belief that leads to the lack of panic and that leads to the results. That it's, it's a more even performance across the whole season. They're, they're not just playing one-off, almost sort of cup games. There's, there's, a, there's a... How can you put it? There's a, there's a sort of a substance to every single performance. And they, they haven't yet played a, a perfect game. They haven't had to. They've had some quite easy games. That, that wasn't an easy game last night, um, specifically because it was a lot of new players coming in. But they did appear to come in reasonably seamlessly. There was a lot of errors on both sides, and it was a bit half-paced um, because of the stature of the competition. But you can't fault the fact that they went with 15 changes, as you said at the start, and won. A couple of years ago, that... That would have been impossible. It would have almost been impossible to make 15 changes, but they certainly wouldn't have gone and, and won. It, rem- it reminded me a little bit of the game in, in Dax a couple of years ago uh, that we won. Very similar type yeah. of match. We started well, dropped off, came back, dropped off, and then closed it out. Yeah, when well, you think about it, we were 14-3 down after less than 15 minutes, which normally would kill us. Yeah. And then with 12 minutes to go or 15 minutes to go, we're, still, we're losing by 11 points. And we're still calm. We're still playing. We're still 
next process, the next process, the next, what's the next, uh, what's the next job, what's the next job. Very New Zealand style, and as you say, coming back from Ireland camps, from a, a New Zealand style scenario there as well. So that, you know, we're, we're, I get the feeling we're playing more like a, um, a Southern Hemisphere team in that we're not looking for the contact all the time. We're looking to go around the contact wherever possible. I was watching a bit of the Munster game there for a while and the Munster guys are head down, smash, head down, smash. Our guys are, where's his weak shoulder? How do I step so as I can get and then control the contact? If you control the contact, you can get your offloads going. You can then have, hopefully, guys realise we're controlling contact so you get guys running off them. So we're, we're, we're playing a slightly different game than we ever did before, and it's great to watch. OK, we're marching on the RDS now. We'll preview in a little bit more detail later, but first things first, Dave. I mean, uh, like I, I don't know if I even want to bring up how many away Interpros we've lost in a row, because for the first time ever, we're, we're actually coming into it with the right attitude, which is all I could hope for. And like we're coming into this... Like I think a lot of people are going to drive east next weekend feeling confident that Connacht can win in Dublin. It's incredible. I think that is perfectly justifiable. I think we need to keep our feet on the ground because I cannot remember the last way into Pro we did. Remember last year? We got 2002! Mark McHugh dropped goal! It was, it was brilliant. You see, Eric Elway... Okay, let's just carry on. <laughs> I apologise for setting him off, folks. Um, but, but they didn't think it was going to be cute. Let's all carry on. Um, <laughs> we need to remember... La- 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 last, last year, this game... We should have won. But if you think about the other games, we, got, we always get patronised in, in Thoman Park, and for some reason, Ravenhill, it's very far away, and we seem to leave our minds in Galway. But RDS is a place where we can win. We should have won last year. Iffy couple of decisions and some little things not going our way last year. The issue, the, the one thing is, is that you look at it. Now, yes, Leinster won last night, but their scrum was pummeled and has been pummeled all week. Mike Ross has been embarrassed by Joe Marler. Now, I'm not saying that Bucky and Marler are exactly the same in terms of experience and, and what they bring to the game. But in terms of physical size, Buckley is closer to Marler than he is to Ross. Ross couldn't handle that. Jack McGrath has been beaten up for the last two weeks. There's calls for Jack McGrath to get a rest, which means they're up to their third choice loose head you could be looking at Bent and Furlong in the front row for them well I think Furlong is not necessarily is someone we shouldn't, we shouldn't underestimate no he, I don't underestimate him either and I think, I think he'll, he'll definitely start there I think Bent is someone who could do but you think about it they've been beaten up over two weeks by Harlequins in the scrum and in the, and, and in the rug and they've really had to go to the pin of their collar to win yesterday and should, you could argue should have lost that game yesterday We've rested our boys. Now, we're not going to be able to pick the same 15 that started uh, at here at Bayonne because Mick is definitely out. So you're looking at possibly Ali coming in, I'd say with Swifty maybe on the bench, depending on how brown he is. But the fact is, the other thing we should remember about yesterday is, apart from Fionkar going off in the first four minutes, we didn't use the, the guys who came off the bench were Shane Delahunt and Saba, who are not going to play next week. So we didn't have to go to Dennis and George. He could leave them on no, the bench. And Dave, Ma- Dave Mack was left on the bench. So that gives you an indication, right? He didn't have to use the guys. So even the guys who went to Bayonne, who would like to start next week, got a rest apart from that. But that, these things happen. So our boys are rested, relaxation, positive mind. Note that the boys. We, we haven't lost. We've gone over there. There's going to be an air of positivity. We need to be realistic because it is Leinster and Leinster in front of their own fans. But right now, you, who's going in there with the best mindset? I can tell you, Pat's going to be a lot more positive than Matt O'Connor is at the moment, despite the fact they won yesterday. 
Yeah, you'd just worry that we'd, we'd, we'd feel a bit confident and that, you know, they'll be aware. That, There's no know. harm in feeling confident. This is the thing. Yeah, we shouldn't. I know, I know, like, I mean, on, like you got you got a Leinster team that are, are, are not showing any signs that we have to be massively fearful of. They're a team we've beaten here. And I, I'm going to jump, sorry to jump across you there because I, I know what you're saying. But sometimes I think, you know, we're always like, oh, it just seems wrong to be confident. But, like, it's based on facts. It's based on form. It's, yeah, we, it's not we, like we're saying we, we're going to win comfortably, but we, they have a good chance. We bet them by a point at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we're a stronger, we're a stronger team now. Because that, remember, that was without uh, Bundy and, no, and Mills, yeah. and more importantly, I think the guy we got to remember, Tom McCartney. Tom McCartney is bringing yeah. something. I'm not saying that there isn't problems with, with still with the lineup. There is, and it's universal because it's affecting every hooker in every team that we have. Mm-hmm. But Tom McCartney must not be underestimated. So those three guys have come in and they've added something in just terms of knowing how to win horrible games. <laughs> Yeah, I think the big difference this time is that there's real pressure on the players now in this game. Nor- normally when we go to play these games, there's a sort of a feeling that we're going to do our best, but they're not expected to win. Mm. No, they are. Mm. That brings a whole other pressure, and that's where Mills Molina... McCartney, guys who are used to winning, that's what you have to handle. I'm not saying they're going to win, but there's a real expectation that they might win, and there's a real expectation that they you can never should win, could win. The Connick team, just a final talk, I'll give it to you, Alan. The Connick team, I guess, just to copper fasten or, or to finish off this section, they're, they're, I think they were only due back this evening, this is Sunday. Yet, because of the way he's used players, he can bring the guys who didn't play back in on Monday morning, he can rest the guys who played, and he'll have about 10 or 12 fresh faces who've had the whole weekend off to get stuck into training Monday morning. Yeah, you'd like to like he's, he's he's been quite clever about. I know I know a lot of people, myself included, couldn't see us winning that game. Not with the amount of changes, I couldn't see it. They, Bayon had only made ten changes. Now, I haven't said that they had six players. You've only got two top fourteen caps between them. So like they weren't the strongest Bayon team in the world either. We have to remember that too. Um, but you're down there. Their home record is massive to them, and it was, it was it's great that we've got a whole load of fresh guys who will be bounced by you know they, they'll be up based on what the other lads did and the pressure that these guys are now pushing through so that it's it's a full squad and that's what I love about what Lamb's done he talks about a squad everything is about a squad It's it, they train together as a squad it's not about the top 15 it's about everybody because at some stage people are going to plug in left right and centre and as you say fresh faces tomorrow to get up and be really up for this game on Friday you're saying Alan needs a large brandy. Yes. I, look, William, explain this to me. I, I'm, I should know better at 33 years of age, but how is a brandy going to help a hangover? It's, uh, What's the science? The, the science is... Over. I'm just very tired. <laughs> it's going to warm him up a bit because he, he looks a bit sort of grey. He does, yeah. And it's going to perk Not him my up. type grey now, his type grey. No, his, his type grey. <laughs> and it'll just relax him, and then he needs to go to bed and sleep for about 14 hours. Yeah, that's the plan. I've only had four hours sleep, and I did my rugby touch this morning. That solves that. I'm sure one thing that's going for you there is, is at least 50% of our listeners are going through the exact same uh, pain wherever you are. But anyways, you're happy because your team are winning. Connacht, you're in good form. Before yep. we get on to the, the big one next weekend, and I do feel there's just it's like an army marching towards Dublin here. I hope they're ready for us because there's going to be some buzz up there. But uh, I hope they're not ready for us. What am I talking about? Uh, this week we've got to follow on just a follow up we've got loads of letters and emails that's what they'd say if you had a podcast that had thousands of listeners 
you got one email. <laughs> so yeah, just just on the, the issue of drugs and rugby, because you know when we were talking about it, barely an article had been written outside of Kimmage's. Since then, yeah, Kimmage, looks like everyone's Kimmage, woken up. Kimmage had chased a couple of people. There was a, a minor conversation about it. We we spoke about it. I'm not sure whether we we got anything back from Paul, but all of a sudden they're they're coming out left, right, and centre. The RFU chairman is saying that there's there seems to be some sort of problem over there, and they want to sort it out because they're getting a lot of guys failing drug tests. You've got a lot of the Irish rugby establishment saying no, there's no problem here, um, including our esteemed head coach, who said he hasn't seen anything of it and that there's no there's no issues there at all. Um, you also have have. Um, Ian McGeegan was out today saying he's never seen it in any of his time and he, he started pushing the blame back down to the 15 and 19 year olds that it's them and I'm going that's not right that's not, that can't be right these guys are not going to go on drugs unless there's a reason to do it and the reason to do it is to bulk up and put on weight and there's something I noticed last night because everyone and someone made the, the point that you know looking at the English monsters coming out and the South African monsters coming out last night Connacht's pack were 50 kilograms heavier than Bayonne's pack when Ireland played South Africa eight of our players were bigger than the equivalent player on that team two more were the same size and we only had four who were very similar size so this idea that we're not big and we're playing all these monsters is a lot of hooey you said that last year at Twickenham as well same thing the, the Connick pack were weighed heavier than the England pack it was yeah, all yeah. about the England same pack monster, monster against Toulon last year everyone went on about the size of the monster there was only two Toulon players bigger than their monster equivalents now admittedly it was Pastoreau and it was <laughs> and it was uh, Craig Carl uh, Heyman, but other than that, you know, Irish players are monsters. Yeah, we are now There's monsters. No, we, it's, we, it's across the board, is what you're saying. It's not necessarily that Irish players are are going to be all the time bigger than the others, but yeah. it's absolutely rubbish to suggest that these big French players are coming over here and these big English players. Well, that's, that's, and, and, and as I said, Mills made a, a point in the was in the article in his in the. Um, uh, no, not the advertiser. The program, sorry, yeah, the program. Yeah, listen, last night's catching up. Uh, in the I'd love if there was a monitor in Alan's brain there. It's like as the two cells left remaining, we're like, come on, we got to do some cranking up. <laughs> no, and he, he did make the point that he did notice, and he, he said he specifically noticed how much more time our guys spend in the gym. You know, he didn't mention anything about drugs, and I like, you know, it is possible. As I said before, you know, I've seen my son put on the weight without any of that stuff he, he was taking his protein and eating us out of house and home um, so it is possible to do it I've seen it I've seen it with my own two eyes and my, my young lad without, so it is possible to do this stuff um, the question is why why are we doing it do we need to have this car crash mentality out there and you know it's, it's questions that are being raised well, one other thing that worried me in the argument and Dave maybe you jump in on this as well is, is I did hear the argument I'm a big cycling fan I've followed it since the early 90s uh, since the late 80s actually and one of the most annoying arguments when the cycling people were just not opening their eyes to an issue was that ah, it's only the guys on the fringes that are doing this it's only you know they're just trying to keep their professional contracts and they have to to stay a professional I always worry about that because we know what happened in cycling we know it was led by the leaders and it was brought and it was the, and, and what we also know about drugs and sport and, and we haven't got there with rugby yet so it's a sign that maybe it's not as serious is many 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 young cyclists like many died as a result of uh, what they were doing to try and, and keep up. And that's why we cannot... It, obviously, that's not happening at the moment in rugby, so straight away you can say to Paul Gimmage, listen, it's clearly not as bad as cycling yet, but the danger is, if the mentality is, ah, it's only a few guys on the fringes, we could get into that scenario. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason to believe it's only the guys on the fringes. I haven't seen what Ian McGeehan said, but 
who the hell, if he's saying the problem is the 15 to 19-year-olds, who the hell is peddling this crap to 15-year-olds? Mm. Somebody's doing it. Somebody's making a decision. Online. You can buy online. They all have demo cards and they can buy it online. That's, that's the joy of the internet. <laughs> Somebody is still saying to them, this is the way forward. Mm. This is what you have to do. We're just setting build. the wrong examples to them in coaching cars. Instead of just talking about what they're good at, yeah. constantly telling them they're not big enough, yeah. when, when instead of kind of focusing, okay, we're a little bit worried about your size, but here's what you're doing well also, because the mentality is all I'm hearing from my coaches, I'm not big enough. Yeah, and that's, that's where it starts. But if you look at the problem that athletics has it coming down the road, they've been dabbling around and trying to solve it for years, and it would now appear that German television have the list and the names We'll see if they manage to... The to Russian p- thing, yeah. Well, there's more than the Russians. Yeah. There's, there's a couple... Sorry, I've just peddled that old traditional, oh, it's the Eastern Europeans, they're all that. No, it's certainly... No, but I, that story started with some Russian athletes, yeah, but obviously but it, it's but more it's moved on. The problem that rugby has is I got the feeling during the week there was a bit of a circling of the wagons oh, yeah. and the usual sort of... Uh, We're all no, rigorously not, tested. Nothing to do with us. Uh, that's somebody else's problem. Well... That might that might be true, but at some stage you feel something's going to come out. I just I just it's it's like a gut feeling. I could be wrong. I hope I am, but I don't think it's so. significant. There has been a definite different attitude to what's happening in England now. It's been led by the Daily Mail, so there's huge caveat. It's been led by the Daily Mail. But last week, the captain of Bonnie Mind. Now they are a. They're, I'm not 100 percent sure exactly where they stand in the pyramid, but they're they're far enough down that that people don't have people at the top and go, oh, it's not us. They're not so far down that people aren't, shouldn't take notice of it. Their captain got a 10-month ban. They listed off 12 guys. Now, these guys, yes, they all may have started taking it when they're 15 to 19. They're all about 21, 22 now when they were caught. The big difference between what you said about cycling and we talk about athletics is that in cycling and athletics, you're not talking about bulking up. You're talking about quite the opposite. You're talking about being able to get through the pain barrier and thus there's blood doping and that sort of thing. I don't think we're at blood doping yet simply because the nature of what a drug cheat in rugby wants to do is completely is completely the opposite to what a drug cheat in athletics and and uh, cycling want to do. You are right to raise the point. I mean, Marco Pantani is the prime example of what can go hilariously wrong. But this is not something you can bury hand because whilst we're going on about the Russians because the German TV is at them, the first country that's got a real problem at the moment is Kenya. Kenya is never associated with drugs. Apparently, it's all down to the Rift Valley and it's all about cork monks teaching people how to run from school and back. Bull. 18 drug, 18 drug positive drug tests from the Kenyans. They are having to face up to reality. I'm not saying there is a massive, massive, massive drug problem in it, but you have 10 guys over the course of a year, and it's kind of just crept up on people. I think it's because it hit number 10. There are a few who are prepared to say, we may have a problem. And they, no, they're trying to say it's at club level, it's at under 18, 19 level. But everything we said holds true. And if we think there isn't somebody in this country, there's some very big, I mean, oh, I, don't want to, I don't want to trivial, I don't want to make over-dramatizes, but... When I've ever seen a movie, what Richard did, it's based on a rugby player getting into a fight with a lad. It's based on a true story. There was a rumor that went around when that initial case happened that one of the reasons why that escalated was roid rage. So it's happening. If it's if now this is now there, there is that sort of rugby school boarding school circle around Dublin. There has now. I'm not saying it's definitely what happened, but these rumors are no, there is these rumors are not born out of nothing. So it is entirely possible that there are certain that, that, that there are certain certain coaches at certain clubs. We don't know who they are, but it's not impossible that certain coaches at certain clubs are doing this because we're back to what I said last week about winning is everything, and, at, and we've seen it in ga, we've seen it in soccer, and we're seeing it in rugby. You win, and if you win because you've got the 15 biggest boys out there 
it, that's that's what they'll do. Certain coaches think that way. Other coaches are looking at skills. I'm hoping that the skills will win out. And you don't have to be big, Keelan Blade. Exactly. Alan, me and you were listening to the Off the Ball show. Uh, Paul Kimmage was on, Malachi Clerkin was on as well. And they were discussing one element that I want to talk to you about just to finish this chat, which is you know, the public. The public mightn't care, which is what's really worrying about this. Johnny just comes in and watches a bit of sport. We know the way it is in baseball. There was a great line in Seattle. It was like, you know, they, two of the Seattle Mariners uh, were, were caught for what they say PEDs as Malachi Clerkin highlighted they've simplified performance enhancing drugs into PEDs and you get a four week suspension that's kind of the point I wanted to make but I just want to throw in the Seattle point which is that when they got caught I was listening to Seattle sports radio it was after the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl I was curious to see how they reacted they hadn't won a, they've never won a World Series I don't even think they've got to a World Series final they're one of the most underperforming franchises in baseball history and instead of reacting like this is a disgrace every other bloody team had been caught it was about time to know one of their guys cared enough to take PEDs and that's the danger isn't it that it, it almost gets to a culture where people are trivialising it to that degree. There is, and, and you look at the point of view of trying to make the game popular, and, and you know, do do you ask the guys about wanting to play? I, I remember playing and enjoying the pain. You know, you enjoy it. I talk like Paul Gimmage was worried about how can you play a game where there's a car crash situation and you're smashing into people, but it's great to do. It's great fun. You you love doing it, and if you can get yourself a little bit bigger and you can do more of it, then you're going to do a little bit bigger and make more of it. The problem is if the pressure's coming down to win all the time and you're being told you have to bulk up and all you ever hear about on the television commentaries, and they have a huge influence, is monsters and bulking up and size... And I'm, you know, I've been fighting it for years. Going, like, no, thankfully New Zealand won the World Cup, so is that they've brought their brand of rugby, which is more skillful, and and, and move away from you know the bulk and the size because you speed the game up. You can't carry that bulk around. It's not possible. It doesn't matter what drugs you do. You can't carry too much bulk around to run around for 80 minutes. So you're getting more and more game time. Speed the game up. Make it a better game. Make it a more skillful game by winning with skill rather than size. Last section of the podcast, William. Derbies, go. Your thoughts. You have some thoughts on derbies. Yeah, I, I do have some thoughts on derbies. I mean, look, we've got three interprovincial matches in 13 days, which is bonkers. Mm. It's done for television. They pay a lot of money. Um, but it's, it's this thing that's been built up at Christmas, that these games have to be played at Christmas. So you have allegedly derby matches in Wales, which aren't derby matches at all. They're yeah. just games between Welsh regions. Bridgend and Pontybreed, that's, that's the club, that's the history. Pontybreed and Cardiff, to be more accurate. Well, no, 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 it's Neath and Aberavon. Neath and Aberavon, Boxing Day afternoon, fight on the pitch, fight in the terrace, fight in the pub afterwards, sing a few hymns, shake hands, say we'll do it again on Easter Monday. Those are... And that's what it used to be. And don't what, tell me anything about ospreys and dragons. Ospreys, dragons, Sinekli Scarlets playing the Cardiff Blues. Sorry, it's absolute rubbish. It's a different game here because these really are derby matches. And they're way bigger now. But they used to get televised occasionally. They were on the radio. They were the only three games, along with the army, that Connacht played in the season. Uh, and then you had the probables against the possibles on the 30th of December to decide which Connacht players weren't going to get into the Irish team, uh, which is usually what happened. Um, it does take, I think, some time for overseas players and coaches to actually realise 
what these games mean and why they're so hard. And to play three of them in 13 days is just, it's immense pressure. All of the coaches, Munster have three hard games, so do Leinster, Ulster. So it's, I just think it's too much at, at, at one time. I think they need to be spaced out better. OK, and as we run out of time, it's just worth noting, Alan, that the other end of that stick is you get all these interpros where you're just not getting full-strength teams playing each other. So, I mean, I switched on Munster and Ulster a few weeks ago and I just looked and went, nah, not interested. Yeah, it's what it has taken away from, from the whole thing and you've you got this situation where, you know, the European games are more important to these guys and... but. But the difference now... Not the Munster anymore now that they're out. Whatever. Well, it just means that our game on New Z- Year's Day <laughs> our game on New Year's Day is going to be absolutely, absolutely massive because if we do manage to get some sort of results against Leinster, we're, we're one of the top six. And another you know, thing... Well ensconced in the top six. Another thing, Ulster and Munster, play, we play them in between a possible European quarter-final. And by the looks of things, William was pointing this out to me before, you know, Ulster and Munster will be out of Europe at that stage, so they will be going all guns blazing while we'll be a little bit distracted. Yeah, I mean, the thing about is, is that you, you, the point you raised about the Ulster Munster, Ulster Munster game was, but they both have larger squads, so they will be able to rotate more. I think to tie back into yesterday, the fact is that we now know we have 30 players who can play. We have inter- we have players to come back in as well. We can rotate. Now we won't make 15 changes, but we're capable of making five or six guys you know can perform at this level to come in. I'd say the team against Leinster will be stronger than the team against Ulster. I think, and then the team against Munster will then for, will revert back to the Leinster. That's just how I see it. Um, you're also going to know. It's the other thing that's going to happen is. There's a training, there's an Ireland training camp as well. Before, which I mean, now we're going to use probably four, maybe maybe five, but definitely four. But in comparison to Munster, who we're going to lose a lot more. And you also know the other thing about that is, is because, like all derbies in all sports. Oh, for form goes out the window. So does self-preservation. <laughs> there are going to be injuries. Players are going to get hurt against next weekend for both sides. People are going to get hurt up in, in Ravenhill, and people. Which means that we will be interesting to see when we get to New Year's Day. Who is fit? Who is available? There's certain players we can't afford to lose. We can't afford to lose another back row. We certainly can't afford to lose another hooker. And we, whilst I would say we could possibly afford to lose one of the scrum halves, you'd prefer if we didn't. Yeah. Um, but at some point, someone I predict that at one point a major Irish international is going to get hurt because, as William says, 13 days rotating around, someone's going to get hurt, and that may be what requires to make people realise that we shouldn't be playing these level of intensity. Because, irrespective, yeah, the Italians, the Welsh, and the Scots—they have their tradition going back as far at least to 2001. We've got going back to 1891. There's a there's 120 years worth of, of passion and hatred built up over the years between all the provinces, and someone is going to get hurt, and that's going to be the big difference. Okay, so all we can preview then is the Leinster match because we don't know who's going to be playing against Ulster. We don't know how many rotate, how many players will rotate. We don't know how restrictions will be on Ulster. We haven't a clue by the time we get to Munster what's going to be left in the debris for both squads. But one thing's for sure, we know Leinster are going to ring the changes next week, Alan. But players like Conan, Conan I should say, Tom Denton, Jordy Murphy, Mike McCarthy, they could all come in. Furlong, we've mentioned he's good. I mean, they actually could give them a better focus and a better energy than they have at the moment in the current team. And, you know, you still got same Kirshner in there you still got some really talented backs that can cause us a lot of trouble you could still got a situation where Goppert could come out and play really well and I've seen Isaac Boss play some brilliant games against Connacht in the past for example as well yeah but it, 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 it does come down to the, the coaching side of things you know like the Pat Lamb's coaching regime is now well ensconced to go away to Bayonne win a game with, with 15 changes means there's a belief in that squad now having you know Mills Mullane in there having Bundyaki having Tom McCartney in there has made a massive difference because normally at this stage we'd be worrying about all those injuries and having a whole lot of kids coming in now we're bringing in some seriously you know high quality international class players 
that's making a huge difference. And they're, you know, they love it. They, they don't get the passion. They don't understand how we're so passionate about what we're, you know, they don't get it down in New Zealand. They don't have the same level of passion for these games. They get it at the, at the, at the higher level, but for these games. So, like, they're buzzed. They're, they're, they're in for it. And we've got that, you know, that quality coming through. And as I say, the self-belief that's going through the team at the moment is, is astonishing. I don't see why we can't. Give us a real bash, even if we didn't even buy a point in the William, last game. Yeah, there you go, William. The the momentum, like the fans, will be feeling it. I think. I think the lads, the likes of Mills and Tom, they're going to sense it this week. There's going to there's going to be a real kind of march on Dublin that we haven't had with a Connacht into pro game away from home for a long time. So that's something, and that's going to add to the tension. And it's going to be fascinating to see how it all works out. Then, yeah, both both sides are under pressure. We're under perfect pressure now to perform. Yeah. Uh, and Leinster are under pressure because they're just not playing well and they've also got in the back of their minds they've got Munster on Stevens's Day or the 27th in Limerick a place they don't like going so it's, it's all a cauldron and it's who can keep their head in it um, that can do the, can do, can do the business uh, I'm I really think we, we've we've got to beat Munster and Edinburgh. We've got to win the two home games. We've, we haven't talked about Edinburgh because that game comes around very soon. After they'll be Munster. short in a few Scottish internationals too. So they will. So but that, they have to win that to keep their hopes alive. Yes, and that's a game. But yeah. those are the two games. But get something at Leinster, take the pressure off a little bit, uh, and then if you win at Leinster, all the pressure in the Munster game goes on to Munster. Final toss. Who's going to win? Um, First of all, who's going to win? Then we we'll get final toss. I think, I think we can win. I'm not sure we will win, but I think we can win. And I think the big issue is that is, is the, the most important player on that pitch is going to be Goppert because O'Connor is really, really, really stubbornly picking him. He's putting Madigan to 12. And he, I mean, on paper, Goppert, Madigan, Fitzgerald, that's a fantastic midfield. It just didn't work last night simply because Goppert just, uh, just is, is sticking to a game plan that doesn't suit the likes of the outside backs. We can talk all we want about the backs. I mean, the fact that one of the most exciting young Irish backs in the moment is Dara Fanning. If he gets the ball, if he doesn't get the ball, he's com- you know, like most wingers, he's completely anonymous. It'll be interesting to see who we pick in midfield. It'll be interesting to see who we pick at 10. I think we'll go as much closer to the team that played the first against Bayonne. And that might even mean something. Who would you drop? Would you drop McSharry? Would you drop Aki? Would you, would you not put Henshaw on the bench? It's nice to be in those positions. And because of that, we have the options. And we're going in, we're rested, and we're in a positive frame of mind. I think we can win. All the expectation is still outside of Connacht on Leinster to beat Connacht because that's what they do. And I think in front of their home fans, they are likely to crack. And if they crack, we will make hay. I hope Madigan's at 10. I do remember two of our major victories were him at 10. That's an Allen super stat. He loves that stat. <laughs> Maybe that should be it. Maybe we should end now. We have a tendency to end earlier than we want to. We can't finish on anything better than that. That's it, folks. We'll be back next week from the RDS. A whole new crew, lads. You're all getting dropped. Absolutely. You're all dropped for a Leinster crew. Go for it. I don't even know if I told you. Well, the guys will be a bit more expensive than us, Sam Robert. <laughs>